Radio, another MMA podcast. We're coming at you live and unedited from the Amp Radio Studios in San Francisco, California. Unfortunately, we are minus two of the fighting four. Proteus is with his family. So um, obviously, we miss Proteus. Uh, hope to have him back next week. Pam, her daughter just graduated, so we hope to have her back next week. It's Marco and I. Let's hit it, Marco. We're going to go to UFC 249. It will take place, of course, at the Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville, Florida. Never heard of that. Of course, the original plan was to take place April 18th at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Then, of course, the the, uh, Tachi Palace. Boy, we got all of it, right, Marco? Let's uh, let's get the the start. Let's hit it. Marco from Waco, and I'm talking to you, Tony, again. I'm gonna hold the fort. It's too important for us to, to uh, like since the first fight in two months. You know, uh, look. We got a global pandemic. The government is telling me that your force are for real now. We got murderous giant was in Seattle. There's locals <laughs> in Central Africa. We have to talk about this one. We might not have a chance to do it again, man. We have to. So let's talk to another day, brother. <laughs> you, got, you got it, Marco. You're right. I mean, if we don't do it now, when, we're, when are we going to do it? Let's, uh, Marco and I are going to do something weird this time. We're going to go through the entire card, or at least attempt it. To the early prelims we go, Marco Ryan, Superman fan. We'll take on Smiling Sam Alvey. And let me give you the odds on this one because there are finally odds. Ryan fan at a minus 420. That is not a joke. He will take, uh, he will fight the underdog in Sam Alvey at a plus. 375, Marco, I go to you. Will it be Ryan Spann or will it be Smiling Sam Alvey? Look, as much as I like Smiling Sam Alvey's gig and style, you know, he always smiles, he gets the super hot supermodel wife. Uh, Alvey has never been a, uh, a guy that, that, that will be that so good with his skills. He's a counterpuncher and he doesn't freaking uh, generate enough action. But on the other hand, he, he twists something on his... Uh, on his freaking uh, training, and now the guy is a freaking marauder. So, yeah, they, they're also right. Spain is going to knock out Alvi on, on the second round. And um, we got a new start on the light heavyweight division. Alvi is just there as, as, as a stepping stone for Spain. I agree with you, Marco. The tough part on this entire card, and we'll find out, will be a running theme, is there seems to be a lot of guys with a lot of losses, meaning straight losses, right? Smiling Sam with uh, taking the last three losses. Ryan Spann, on the other hand, Superman Spann has been on fire, like you said. I mean, I only saw him lose once, and that was at Dana White's Tuesday Night Contender Series. Before that, of course, killed it at LFC. Um, Before it was LFA. I'm actually going with Ryan Spann as well. I think he knocks out Smiling Sam. Marco, you had him going out in the second? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, early in the second, Ryan Spann, TKO over Smiling Sam Alvey. Let's keep going, Marco. Boy, we're, 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 we're going to do this. To the featherweight division we go, Marco. Bryce, the Twister Mitchell. I don't know what his real nickname is. <laughs> he will take on Charles Rosa. I'll tell you, Charles Rosa looks really impressive in, uh, in the tough house. I don't know what's happened since. Marco, let's go to you. Will it be Thug Nasty, Brian, Bryce Mitchell at an undefeated 12-0, or will it be Charles Rosa? Charles Rosa has been inconsistent uh, in the fact that he hasn't fought much lately. You know, I guess English have been part of that, that equation. Bryce Mitchell, for whatever you want to think about, the guy is a little bit quirky, you know, uh, the, the camo shorts and talking about Trump and all that crap. Yeah, that, that guy's a little bit weird. But uh, he's a good fighter, man, and he will submit the crap out of you. Uh, he has some camo shorts, so he's stopped talking. Uh, but I, I'm thinking Bryce Mitchell. <laughs> Bryce Mitchell is a, is a, is a better fighter right now. They, he's like a, the hardest pro- prospect. The guy's undefeated for a reason. You know, he is talented. Whatever you want to think about the guy, he's greedy. And he's also entertaining. I, I'm thinking Mitchell with a second-round submission because I think that is his bread and butter. I mean, he pulled the, the second-only twisted ever, so he's, he's, he's good at submitting people. Let, let's put it that way. And uh, Rosa is m- much more than willing to take it to the ground because he's a wrestler. So, yeah, give me Mitchell second-round submission. You know, Marco, on this one, I'm going to have to disagree with you on this one. Um, you're right that Bryce Mitchell is the favorite at a minus 160. The comeback on Charles Rosa at a plus 150. Here's the thing, though. They both have 12 wins, right? Bryce Mitchell being undefeated. The only thing about Charles Rosa that gets me on this one is that he hasn't lost via submission since he was an amateur. Most of his losses have come either via decision or TKO. So I'm taking uh, Charles Rosa. How about this? I'm taking Charles Rosa. I don't think he can submit Bryce Mitchell. Um, I'm going to take him via decision. So Charles Rosa via decision over the up and coming, um, like you said, right, Bryce Mitchell. Let's keep it going, Marco. We're making good time. In the early on the fight, I like that. I like that. Right to the featherweight, yes. welterweight division we go. Boy, I'll tell you this card, Marco. Good lord, I don't know if it's the best card ever, but it's certainly one of the most. Phil's it's pretty ever. loaded. Pretty it's loaded, pretty loaded, yeah. right, to say the least. Vicente Luque at a minus 260. He will take on Pam's favorite, Nico Price, at a plus 240. Marco, I go to you. Will it be Vicente Luque or will it be Nico Price? So this is La Rima. They already fought a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and, and Vicente Luque won that fight. I don't see why it's not going to be repeated. I mean, uh, they're both a little bit better than the first time they faced each other three years ago. But Vicente Luque had leaps and bounds. I mean, the guy wasn't like a 6 5 winning streak before losing to Wonderboy Thompson. And Nico Price, he got a flair for the, 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 the comeback finishes and stuff. When he's losing the fight, he'll manage to snatch defeat, snatch uh, victory of the just defeat. But, uh, I, I mean, first of all, Vicente Luque, his father is Chilean, his mother is Brazilian, so he's half Chilean. I have to pick Vicente Luque. I don't have a choice. <laughs> uh, but Nico Price is a tough guy. Uh, the last time 
Vicente Luque was able to finish, Nico. I don't think he's going to be able this time just because Nico Price is tough as nails. But he's going to out, out, outclass him. He's a better striker. Uh, we saw how tough he was against uh, Wonderboy. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be Vicente Luque in a unanimous decision, man. You know what? I got to agree with you here as well, Marco, on this one, just because both are, I think it's fair to say, right, both are, are, are knockout artists, at least in terms of what they do. They prefer being literally standing on their feet, even though, of course, Luke, like you said, has a complete game. The ages are almost the same, right? Luke at 28, Nico Price at 30. The problem with Nico Price is, like you said, he will take one to give one, right? Uh, and like you said, it was a submission last time. I think he's going to TKO Nico Price this time. So I'm going with uh, Vicente Luque. How about this? Let's get it done early. Early in the first, Vicente Luque, TKO over the hybrid Nico Price. Olsi, Olsi, Olsi. Right? <laughs> Let's keep it going. We're going to the ESPN side now. Marco, to the middleweight we go. Uriah Hall. It's funny. A lot of a lot of people are leaving extreme to, to core, uh, couture right now. I'm not really sure why. But, of course, the latest one is uh, Ryan Hall, of course, going to uh, – where did he go? Dallas, right? Fortis MMA. He will take on – Fortis MMA. The one, yeah, the one and only Jacare. Shout out to uh, Proteus on this one. Jacare. Jacare Souza. Marco, got to go to you. Is it going to be Jacare or is it going to be Uriah? Primetime Hall. I don't know. And Jack Array went to 205. Didn't go well for him. Cromanson, you know, did him in on uh, a... Cromanson, I mean, put him, everything going 185 and that goes up. On a... You know, a move. Uh, a new look, especially a photo MMA with, uh, in, in Dallas, man. I, I get a feeling that uh, uh, if... if his take that defense is on point. He's going to be able to strike Jacare. Uh, Jacare is a little bit up in age. I mean, Uriah Hall is not that young either. I mean, because of his mid 30s, but like Jacare is almost 40, if he's not 40 already. I, I'm picking Uriah Hall just because of the age factor, and I think because the move to forwards is is a good one. He won't knock out Jacare. Jacare got a chin of stone, man. It's like it's really difficult to get Jacare out of there, but. Uh, and I'm going to pick Uriah Hall on the points, man. I mean, see, he's going to be more disciplined with the new look uh, training. I mean, the guys of Florida MMA don't play around. They always got good plans, and they, 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 I think it's tailor-made for him. So give me Uriah Hall with a, with a 29-28 decision. I'm going to give Jacare a one round of respect. You know what? The odds are not in your favor on this one, right? Um, Uriah Hall at a plus 110 Jacare at a minus 120, pretty much even, I, I would say, Marco. Would you agree? Um, that's, that's, yeah, pick him. That's a pick him, brother. That's a pick him because it's very, very close. Tough part about this, Marco, I that's, look at the last. Sorry. Go ahead, Marco. No, I was going to say, three or four years ago, the odds would have been overwhelmingly on, on favor of Jacare, and the line tells you anything you need to know about what they think about Jacare now. He's getting old. I completely agree with you on this, on this one again, Marco. I mean, if you look at his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten fights, Jacare has lost 
five of those 10. So he based six of those 10, forgive me. One, two, three, four, five, five of them last nine. Um, I, I, yeah, I, the problem with Jacare is the only person that's more inconsistent than Jacare, <laughs> and you're right, he's 40 years old, right? Is Uriah Hall, who you know I'm a huge fan of Uriah Hall. But man, he has one, two, two win, wins in a row. Losing, of course, to Paulo Costa, no shame in that game. Musasi, Brunson, Whitaker. I'm going with Jocker Ray just simply because I don't know where Uriah Hall's head at. You're right. If he finally is back in the game, maybe the Fortis move is a good move for him. I just can't go that way. I'm going with Jocker Ray via let's go let's go Jocker Ray via decision as well. So I'm going Jocker Ray via decision over Uriah, primetime hall. No problem. Here we go, Marco. We go to my favorite division. <laughs> women's strawweight we go Marco no need to play careless whisper on this one because you know it's all got Michelle Watterson's name written all over it Carla Sparza former champ she will take on mom champ the one and only karate hottie Michelle Watterson this one to me it's probably closer in the odds than I think it would, it would have been Carla Sparza at a minus 140 Marco the comeback on Michelle karate hottie Watterson at a plus 130. Marco, I'm just going to give it up to you and tell you who I'm going with. I'm going with Karate Hottie via head kick in the second round. So I throw to you, Marco, the man of reason. Is it Michelle, the Karate Hottie Watterson, or is it Carla Sparza? First of all, when was the last time the Karate Hottie knocked out anybody? She's an atom wave <laughs> flyweight. Carla Sparza, the cookie monster, man, uh, for better or for worse, she was the original champion of the division. She's a really good wrestler, and she's been looking really good lately, brother. I mean, she's on a winning streak, and she's trying to make a claim to be the next contender up there for Wei Li Jiang whenever she can get out of China. Uh, I'm thinking Esparza, man. I think is going to grind this one out and uh, suffocate uh, Michelle Swatterson's uh, movement and uh, don't allow her to get a space. And uh, I win this by... A grinding, a little bit boring decision, but uh, yeah, give me spots on the points. You know, I think most people would agree with you because she is a grinder, right? She's a tremendous wrestler, and uh, Karate Hottie's game yep. on the ground isn't as great. Striking. It's just, I. As far as the striking, the striking has been coming along lately. I mean, she's been getting better. So. Yes, it's hard. Yeah, so she, she got yeah, her last fight, she got a really good match with uh, I'll follow which one last but she said a strength it came along so yeah yeah but, I, I, there you go I, I'll tell you you're, you're absolutely right in terms of just looking at it logically I just can't go against the karate hottie but Carla Sparza, I think the only thing that she doesn't have is a striking game but you're right she didn't look bad against uh, Alexa Grosso who actually looks pretty good lost against uh, Tatiana Suarez but most people do lost against Claudia uh, Gadelia but Honestly, I, 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 that's the way I saw it, but, heck, let's keep going. Making good time, Marco. We're going to... When it comes to the Cody, you're thinking with the wrong head, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. Hey, I, I will not lie to you there. But we go to the big boys. The heavyweight we go, Alexio Linick. He will fight for Bicio Verdum. Boy, talk about the battle of the 40-year-olds. Fabricio Verdum, after his, what, two-year layoff at a minus 310 favorite over Alexio Linick. 
plus 280? Marco, I'm confused over this one, so I'm going to go to you. Will it be Olenek or will it be Fabricio Perdue? Nah, it was actually a 15 month layoff because Fabricio Cinco up at the LDU Sada, so he didn't do a full two year two year suspension. So yeah, he's coming back earlier. Uh, but they're both 42. The difference here, one is the former UFC champion, the guy that beat Cain Velasquez, the guy that beat Fedor, the guy that beat everybody but their mother except for Steve in the ocean. <laughs> so Olinik is. It's a good submission guy, and he can take a punch. But Verdun, when it comes to Hegel, is almost a complete package. I mean, you are not going to freaking submit Verdun because, you know, Verdun can go toe-to-toe with a submission hole for a submission hole. But he is by far the better striker on this affair. And Olini got three minutes on the first round to accomplish what he needs to accomplish. <laughs> or he's, he's up. So I'm going to pick Verdun with a knockout on the second because, you know, we've seen Olini have a durable chain, but uh, Verdun is going to find one of those flying knees or something weird and knock this guy out. So give me Verdun with a TKO in the second. You know, I don't disagree with you at all, Marco. And, of course, it's heavyweights, right? So it's either going to be submission or TKO. That's just the way it rolls when the big boys. It's very rare that we get a decision. The problem with Olenek, who I actually have become a, a huge fan of just that, that Ezekiel, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing. Um, is Olenek Verdun's? Go ahead, Marco. Sorry. The Olenek choke. It's not the Ezekiel choke anymore. <laughs> You're right. The Olenek choke. The problem is Verdun's got a ground game, right? I mean, we always forget about that, but you're right. I mean, he's got a huge ground game. The only way Olenek goes down, and you're right, you said he's got three minutes. I think he's got five minutes in him. But I think he's going to use all four four minutes and 40 seconds of it before he gets knocked out by Fabricio Verdum. So I'm taking Ba Cavallo, go horse, right? Fabricio Verdum will be a TKO in the first, Marco. Okay. Good. Good thing you're with me. Got him. Well, we're going to go with another rematch. I wonder if we're going to get Donald or Cowboy on this one, Marco. Cowboy Cerrone will take on Anthony, former Showtime Pettis, and I say that only because he's not the same fighter. Why? Who knows? Age? Non-odd in supplement? Right? I mean, who knows, right? Uh, But this one I'm surprised in, Marco. Anthony Pettis, the favorite at a minus 137. The comeback, Donald Cerrone at a plus 127. Marco, I'm going to you. Will it be Cowboy? Will it be Showtime? So, this guy fought a long time ago, and I got to say, by the way, Anthony Pettis style on Donald Cerrone with those uh, body kicks. Everybody remember that. But that was when Anthony Pettis was kind of sort of Anthony Pettis, man. Uh, <laughs> ever since Rafael Dosano showed you the blueprint of how to beat Anthony Pettis, you put pressure on him, and though he has space to, to, to strike, he falters, he breaks, his hands are too brittle, or he, he something will always happen, and he'll get knocked out. I mean, yeah, everybody got all, like, super excited about Anthony Perry's uh, Superman punch knockout of Wonderboy Thompson, but everybody also forgets that up to that point, he was losing the fight. Yep. Wonderboy Thompson was pissing him up. 
and then he gets bounced on the cage and landed that Superman punch from, from heaven. But overall, if you, you, you watch the fight objectively, 3D Tony Perez was losing the fight. Uh, look, I do not like the fact that Donald Cerrone is coming back this soon because he just got embarrassed by McGregor on February. At the same time, what better way to erase the bad taste of that loss and avenge a freaking loss against a guy that you lost to before, loss of loss, uh, than coming back against Anthony Perez. Uh, I like Donald Cerrone. I got a gut feeling that uh, he's going to get up for this fight. And, and uh, pretty Donny Perez man, has been too up and down, inconsistent, and uh, too brittle, man. I'm going to pick up Donald Cerrone on the upset here, and I'm going to pick him up by TK on the second, bro. Well, you're not you're not joking. And so, you know what? The question, asking your question, Cowboy is going to show up. I hope Cowboy shows up. The problem with Cowboy is he's got three straight losses in a row, and the last time he had three straight losses, they gave him Yancey Medeiros. And Yancey Medeiros lost, obviously, in the first round on that one. And then, of course, then he loses to Leon Edwards. Three straight losses to Ferguson, Gagey, McGregor. Like you said, no shame in that game, right? Those are legit stars. You know what I haven't seen in a while, though? I haven't seen Showtime's ground game. So I think Showtime is going to submit Cowboy early in the third. Third round triangle, Anthony Showtime Pettis over Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Oh, that would be interesting. That would be very interesting. Right? Not what we're looking for. Marco, let's go to the main card. We're we're moving you and I, my friend. To the main card we go. Battle of the Head, boys. And I don't know what's going on with Greg Hardy's hair. It might be the same thing that's going on with all of our hair during this pandemic. But, boy, that, that looks a little weird. Greg Hardy. Say what you want to say about him. The guy is a physical specimen and a minus 190 favorite. He will fight Jorgen DeCastro at a plus 175 underdog. Marco, I don't see how this fight does not end in some performance of the night or knockout. I think Greg Hardy comes back. I'm taking Greg Hardy. First round TKO. Marco, I go to you. Will it be Greg Hardy or will it be? Jorgen Castro. Look, uh, for whatever you want to say about Greg Hardy, his weird antics, I mean, he got DQ, then he got the, the inhaler issue, all that crap. He actually looked good against Volkov. He, he did not get embarrassed. You know, he, he had a good performance against an elite, elite heavyweight. Uh, and the guy is, he can crack. I mean, he told you, you go down, and he's a athletic specimen, um, they're banking on this guy. I mean, they're putting him on the main card because they like something about him. And I think they're putting again this other dude just because uh, they think he can beat him. So the Castro is a serviceable fighter. I mean, he's nothing great, but he's nothing to scream, to write to mama about. So I think Greg is going to start on this guy and probably take it him in the <laughs> second round. Uh, Oddly enough, uh, he rebound his whole coaching staff. Uh, this is Greg Hardy. He's not training with Dean Thomas anymore, so see how that works out for him. It's still on oh, ATT. Yeah, it's still on ATT, but different coaching staff. This is what that worked out for him. Wow, I didn't know that. Well, but still with ATT, so well, hopefully uh, 
boy, that gym's going through some stuff, right? Hopefully they get that together because that's what probably the biggest gym in the world at this point. Yeah. Um, let's go to rematch. How about this? Or not? Actually, I thought it was a rematch. It may not be. Jeremy Stevens. He will take on Calvin Cater. I don't know why we used to butcher his name and call him Qatar. Apparently, some people still do, but it's Calvin Cater. At a minus 255 favorite, I'm surprised. Calvin Cater. He will fight the underdog, Jeremy, the little heathen Stevens, at a plus 235. Boy, this one, the odds have me confused on this one, Marco. Maybe you can clear it up for me. Marco, will it be Calvin Cater or will it be Jeremy, little heathen Stevens? I wonder if they all just refresh because Jeremy Steven missed way by five pounds this morning. I wonder if that's why oh. they all missed so bad. Yeah, five pounds. He's giving 30% of his uh, purse uh, because of it. And uh, usually when you miss that badly, something went wrong with the wake up or, something, uh, or you got an injury, an undisclosed injury, because you don't, Jeremy Steven has never missed weight this badly ever. So something. That's why I think the, the odds <clears throat> swing on Calvin Carroll's favor so, so drastically. Uh, that said, I still pick in Calvin Carroll. I think he, he's the up-and-comer, the guy that is super talented. Everybody saw what happened when the Sarit, Mohamed Sharif fight on the third round. That is, it would have been a, a five-rounder instead of a three-rounder. Probably he would have won. The guy is almost impossible to knock out. He's a... He, he got cardio for days. And uh, Stevens, for as good as he is, he tends to gas out, man. And uh, Calvin yep. Cato can put a pace on you. Uh, I'm picking Cato with a TKO because Jeremy, his sense will go right for Jeremy Stevens from the get-go. He falters. So by the middle of the second round, he's going to falter. And Calvin uh, Cato is going to TKO again. So here, Calvin Cato TKO the second round. I didn't know that, that uh, Jeremy Stevens had missed weight by five pounds, but um, what's funny is I was watching a video with Sarah McMahon, and she was saying, listen, when you miss by five pounds, you're not, you stop trying at one point, and you're probably already dehydrating yourself back. So it's funny that you bring that up because when does it work out for someone when they take on a fight that's someone that misses weight? It's very rare, right? Usually the person that misses weight has has the, the the advantage. So I was going to go with Cater until you told me that uh, Stevens missed weight. I'm going with Jeremy Stevens. He's lost, what, three in a row, not including the no contest. I think Stevens gets it done. I think he gets it done in the second round TKO. Jeremy Stevens with fury, second round TKO early over the better fighter at this point, Calvin Cater. Okay. That is your logic. Why is Sarah McMahon, right? So let's go to the good fight, Marco. Boy, I'll tell you, this entire card, you can take away the, the Hardy, the Castro off the main card, and it's still a stacked main card. Heck, the prelims could be a fight night amongst themselves, if not, of course, the early prelims. Francis, the Predator and Ghana versus... Charzino Rosenstrike. Good Lord. I'll tell you, these guys, and boy, when you look at them, Marco, they scare me just facing off, believe it or not. But I think I think Igano is just on a different level altogether, Marco. So I'm going to ruin it right now. I'm going Francis Ngannou, first-round TKO over Rosenstrike, who 
probably is very talented as well. I just don't see anybody beating Ngano. Marco, I go to you. Will it be Francis Ngano? And let me give you the odds. At a minus 255, I'm kind of shocked over that. I thought it would be greater over Jarzinho Wilson strike at a plus 235. Okay, a little bit of a um, – so this fight was supposed to be a five-rounder uh, like a month ago. I think in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the World Cup. <laughs> so, but that's only a three-rounder. Now – I tend to believe that the uh, the five round benefited Francis, but I still I favor Francis. I think Francis is gonna win. But don't sleep on on, on Russell's show because he's a seventy plus five K one kickboxer. Yeah, very successful kickboxer at that. So he's not stranger to, to striking. I, I think uh, technically speaking he's well pay whatever striker Engano is. He just doesn't have the, the power right. That uh, Engano has. Uh, Rosenfield proved that he has a shame because he took some blasts from Overeem and he kept coming. Yeah. Like I said, Engano's power is at, at a different level. Now, if this becomes a technically striking fight, Rosenfield might win this fight. But I think uh, Engano is good at creating enough chaos for him to land one of his hammers and, and put you to sleep. Um, and he does it quickly. So, he's going to do it still working. I'm going to pick Ngannou with a KO in the first round because he's been doing that for a while now. So Ngannou with a KO in the first. Marco, here's the one, one thing that I do see with Rosenstruck, and you're right, it's strike, uh, not strike, like I've been saying. Um, this one, I, they, one thing I see, they, even don't, though... Don't correct yourself. They, they've been saying about with Rosenstruck, Rosenstruck. So either way, I'm good with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's here's the thing. I look at his record, and he is undefeated in MMA, right? There's no doubt about it. And he's TKO'd at basically everyone except for one person, which was Andre Kovalev, the split decision. I look at the people he's beaten, though. Alistair Overeem, he was losing that fight until, what, the last oh, yeah. 20 seconds? Five, right? um, five seconds. Five seconds, sorry. But... You know, Andre Olowski, who I love, but he's past his prime, right? Alan Crowder, Baby Albini, right? Um, he hasn't fought anyone that's still rising up in my in my eyes. And that's why I agree with you that it's going to be Francis and Dono in the first round. Plus, when you see the, the face-off, even though it's only a two-inch difference, boy, it looked like two different giant men <laughs> all together, right? And Jorginho Rosenstrike struck looks like uh, Derek Lewis's uh, younger brother or twin brother. So, uh, yeah, I got to I gotta go with you and go on this one, like I said earlier, in Ganu, first-round TKO. It's just that, man, it's just scary. Let's, let's keep it going, Marco. We're going to the co-main event. And you can call any one of these fights really a co-main event. Triple cringe. I mean, triple C. Henry Cejudo, the champ. He will fight Dominic Cruz, and here's the thing. Both of them have had one heck of a layoff. Dominic Cruz, what has it been, Marco? Three years? Three and a half years again? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. son of a gun. And triple cringe. Henry Cejudo, remember he was going to save the, the flyweight division? Now all of a sudden he's a bantamweight back again? I don't know. And there's a huge difference in size. As you would say, conventional wisdom tells you it's going to be Henry Cejudo, the champ who's fought recently. 
Dominic Cruzo, I got to be honest with you, plus 190 underdog over the champ. The champ, of course, a minus 210. Marco, I go to you. Will it be triple cringe or will it be the dominator, Dominic Cruz? Well, to be fair to Andrew Seguro, he did won the, the flyweight title against the best ever, Demetrius Johnson, and defended it against TJ Dillashaw that came down from 135 to challenge him. Well, yeah, he kind of sort of saved this flyweight division. I mean, it's not his fault that Figueredo didn't make way when, you know, he was supposed to fight Benavides, but that's another story. Uh, he's the bantamweight champion now. Uh, he took, showed so much greed on that Moraes fight because he lost the first round and then totally took over on the second and third to, to, to put uh, Moraes away. But this is his first bantamweight defense. Uh, he was away for a while because of shoulder surgery. And, you know... Cruz has been away because everything in his body fails. But every single time he has come back from a long layoff, he won. The first time he beat the shit out of Takami Sugaki, like he stole something from him. <laughs> and the second time he back, he won the title from TJ Dillashaw. He's no stranger of getting these immediate title shots after a long layoff. Now, uh, look, Seguro is an Olympic level wrestler, yes. He got decent striker, but the size difference and the fact of, of, of how he has never fight any, anybody like Dominic Cruz. He's the, you only get one look at Dominic Cruz and it's the first time you fight him because you cannot yeah. imitate that. And uh, Dominic Cruz is good at point fighting. He, he, he will rarely finish you, but he will outpoint the shit out of you. And if Dominic Cruz gets on his rhythm, because according to him, Rembrandt doesn't exist, and I believe him because he had proved it twice, uh, I think uh, Dominic Cruz is going to get this done. He's going to be greedy. He's going to be tough. He's going to be controversial because I'm picking Dominic Cruz to be the new champion by a split decision. Uh, so Marco, you and I are on, on the same page. And it's going to be controversial and it's probably going to get a rematch. But yeah, I split the decision with Dominic Cruz. I agree with you. And I don't know if I was just the only one being crazy here, Marco, whether COVID has me you know, thinking crazy. But I've never really seen Dominic Cruz get dominated. No, no, no pun intended, right? Even when he fought Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt was beating him in every single round. But he wasn't dominated, right? And I don't think Cejudo – and by the way, if you see the face-off, boy, I, I don't know what, yeah. what his really measures himself First, the teleconference, it's been entertaining. Those two have, have done their promotional job. They've done their work, right? But I still think Dominic Cruz is at least five inches, right, taller than, than – uh, than Henry Cejudo, and yeah, Henry Cejudo has fought a lot of taller fighters, obviously, at his height. And, you know, listen, shout out to Demetrius Johnson, who did it too. I just think Dominic Cruz is too smart, Marco. I think he's going to get it done. I see it as a, as a decision victory for sure, the decisionator. I don't think it's going to be split. I think he's going to make Cejudo look bad because I don't know how bad Cejudo has been training in the cringe factor. Even though I like Henry Cejudo, it's just getting on my nerves, Marco. So maybe I'm choosing – with the wrong thing, right? Yeah, let, let, let's, let's have some 
Dominic Cruz has feasted on wrestlers that are undersized before. I mean, beat Uriah Faber twice, beat Dominic, uh, Demetrius Johnson, beat Joseph Benavides a couple. Yeah, it's not like he hasn't seen the prototype before. So, yeah, there we go. I agree with you, Marco. Yeah, I'm going Dominic Cruz. Both Marco and I going with the upset. Wow. I don't know if many people will agree with us there, Marco. Let's do this. We're going to the main event we go, Marco. And I'll be honest with you. I didn't want to see this fight, and I didn't want to see this fight not because it's not a great fight, but because I don't see what it does for Ferguson at all. Like, literally, it doesn't do much for him either. If he beats the incredible Justin Gagey, well, you know what? He should have beaten him, right? If he loses to him, he loses his title shot. Tony Ferguson and Kukui had a minus 190 favorite. Not huge. He will fight Justin, the human highlight. Gagey at a plus 175. I got to be honest with you, Marco. I don't like this fight for Ferguson at all. Marco, I go to you. Will it be El Kukui, Tony Ferguson, or will it be Justin? Gagey. So it's the boogeyman versus the highlight. And yes. I like the boogeyman. Look, Gagey is elite. He's really, really good. But uh, against the former interim champion, Dustin Poirier, and against the former champion, Eddie Alvarez, they give you the blueprint to beat him. If you go into a war of attrition and you're able to withstand him for two and a half rounds, he will fall. And, uh, one thing that Tony Ferguson has is toughness for, for days, and he's an expert on war of attrition, because especially on the second, third, and fourth, and fifth, he picks it up and picks it up. It's like a snowball. If this, guy, if this fight lasts less than two rounds, it's, it's because Gage knocked Tony Ferguson out. I don't think he will. I think Ferguson, pardon the, the pun, weather the storm, that uh, uh, is going to start taking over on the second round, and he's going to do what Tony Ferguson does well. And he's going to be uh, start in, chipping away, chipping away, and chipping away until Gage is going to be too so tired and so overwhelmed by the moreover that is Tony Ferguson that uh, I'm picking Tony Ferguson to Tiki or Justin Gage on the fourth on a fight that is going to be probably up there uh, for far of the year with uh, the Gage the Jam fight. Uh, yeah, it's going to be an awesome fight. Four-round TKO for Tony Ferguson. And you know what? Two weeks ago. He still keeps his, his fight with Khabib. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, they've done a great job promoting this fight and promoting Tony Ferguson. He's been all over the ESPN. I really like the way they treated this fight. So, yeah, there you go. I agree with you. I think ESPN has done a great job. Two weeks ago, I would have taken Ferguson all day long. Now with, with uh, a full training camp, keep in mind – Boy, Ferguson was training for a wrestler, right? And he, I literally think he destroys just about anyone except for Justin Gagey. The only reason being that power that everyone keeps talking about, right? At 155, his power is just amazing, I think. I don't know if this fight gets past, like you said, the two and a half rounds, right? Gagey says, I have 18 minutes of fury. This was before the training camp. Um, and, yeah, I've seen both of them get hurt. The problem is I don't like this fight from Ferguson, so as much as it hurts me being a Tony Ferguson fan, heck, he's got my name, Marco, for goodness sake. I'm going with Justin Gagey. Get this, Marco. I'm going with Justin Gagey, and I think he's going to knock out Ferguson in the first round. So Justin Gagey, first round, and you, 
I, I'm with you. I'm with you, Marco. I'm with you. I, I, listen, it hurts me to say this. I just don't like this fight for Ferguson at all. You do you. Hopefully you're wrong. Right? So let's do one thing only because we went great on time and we only have a few minutes left. But So I'm not going to go with the spotlight fight of the night because we've already done this. But you might have already said it. So what is your performance of, of the night and who is your uh, – um, what is your fight of the night, and who is your performance of the night? Okay, uh, fight of the night is going to be the main event, Ferguson, Gagey. And I think performance of the night is going to go to Engano because he's going to get one of those spectacular knockouts. And uh, the only one, man, that is a, uh, a spoil of riches, man. Uh, let me see. Uh, let's see. Cerrone with the ticket of Perez. It's going to be something spectacular. And uh, everybody's going to be craving about Cerrone. Plus, he's a, he's a, what is it, a, he's a performance freaking bonus uh, collector anyway. So, Cerrone and Gary <laughs> and Gagey time. I'm going with Tyler Knight, believe it or not, Bantamweight, right? Uh, Dominic Cruz, Cejudo. I think that's going to be a real barn burner, believe it or not, at that weight. Performance of the night has to go to Ngannou. There's no doubt about it. Maybe, you know, maybe Verdum sneaks in. But that, that's what I have going Marco, this was fun, man. Uh, we missed the, the, the guys, meaning uh, the beautiful Pam and Proteus. Hope to have them back next week. We have another card on Wednesday, and then one next week. Um, boy. So, here's what. I'm going to give a heads up to the freaking listeners right now. Tuesday, we're going to do the Wednesday card. On Friday, we're going to do the Saturday card. So, get ready. I like that. There you go. All right. There you go. <laughs> the Marco and Tony show disguise and smack my picks up missing two of the fighting four marco let's get out of here but before we get out of here let's talk about what's been on your mind lately so my i guess the thing that i've been watching the most that pam got me on you're gonna kill me on this why am i watching that stupid 90 day fiance marco now i'm hooked on before the 90 day fiance don't know why my uh my twitter follow the week Let's give it to the karate hottie, Michelle Watterson. So that's my Twitter follow of the week. Marco, get us out of here. So I've been listening to so many podcasts that I cannot even I cannot even remember. So go on iTunes, listen to a podcast, go to audiobooks, do something different. Don't watch on that TV. Uh, look, <laughs> follow Tony at DJ Tony. Follow me, Amaldo Marco. Follow the absent produce at produce. Follow the absent pub at Pandora Box. We miss you guys. Follow the show at another MMA cast. Play them reviewers. We're trying to come back and start to give you entertainment again, guys. These knuckleheads that talk about fights all the time. We don't know anything. We're just fans. But we do it for fun. And fights this weekend. Finally, we're not going Who cares? There is fights. We better leave you guys. Catch you guys next Tuesday. Enjoy the fights. We're gone. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. <laughs> 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 <laughs>